Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Ujima Spirit Podcast. I am your host, Tika Taylor. Today's topic is self-healing. We have a special guest with us today. Her name is Ashley. Hi, Ashley. Hi there. How are you today? I'm doing fabulous. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. It is a pleasure to have you join us on the podcast today. Today's topic, again, is self-healing. So we're going to just give a little background about self-healing. It is so important for us to discuss self-healing, especially during this time of crisis. We are in the middle of a pandemic, and obviously people are experiencing physical problems due to this illness. People are experiencing emotional problems. People are experiencing social problems, family problems, and all of those things will definitely have an impact on their mind, body, and soul. So in order for us to survive this time, we have to focus on self-healing, self-healing. So we're going to have our topic today. Ashley, how have you been doing through this crisis at this time? Um, <laughs> at this time, at this current time, um, I'm doing very well. Um, I, I wouldn't even call it a crisis. I mean, I guess that's what's being portrayed, but I wouldn't call it a crisis. I guess it's, it depends on, um, your perspective. I've actually, I've actually had time to stop and pause, Mm -hmm. um, with, with all the chaos that's going around and with self-healing, since this is the topic, I must say self-love is priority. Mm -hmm. Um, so at this time, at this current time, I have had time to pause from the, the normal everyday robot, you know, up and go routine of everything. And I have had the chance to pause and actually do a lot of reflection on myself, on my family, on what's priority, on what, what's, uh, like, what, what do I really value? Mm-hmm. So it, it has been, uh... I would say it hasn't been a great, a great uh, part of the journey for me personally. That is absolutely wonderful because in time of crisis, in the sense where we're experiencing an abnormal situation, we're experiencing something that we've never dealt with before, something that can be very traumatic something that is disturbing us, something that's taking us us out of our comfort zone. So in that sense, that's the reason why I'm referring it to it as a crisis. But I feel exactly what you're saying. We're not buying in to what the media is promoting in terms of it being only a medical crisis. And what you're pointing out is that, so it seemed, is that we were experiencing a lot of upheavals and disharmony and problems prior to this crisis right and now that we had an opportunity to stop and think about things now we're really trying to find a way to really balance ourselves is that what what i'm hearing you saying that's exactly what i'm saying like my normal my normal routine um for the day before 
quote-unquote crisis started was to wake up, get dressed, get ready to rush for work, drive an hour, almost an hour, 15 minutes to work, do the work, do the time there, drive an hour, 15 minutes back, get home, make dinner, and it's like, repeat. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now it's like, okay, places are shut down. Um, So this, this, I have had the opportunity to work from home, which also have um, provided the opportunity for me to spend more time with my children, my kids, my loved ones. And like I said, to have more time to sit down and reflect on what really, really matters to me. And for me to get back into balance and harmony where, you know, I didn't have the time to do before or I didn't make the time to do it before because it's like I'm, a, I'm in the, the, the nine to five grind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely. So, yeah. so that's definitely a very important point that you brought mm-hmm. up because if we're so busy, you know, just going to work and taking care of our basic needs and providing for our family, I mean, that within itself, that routine that that's that's redundant and that that we we're engaging in every day, that within itself can create all type of emotional and mental problems and as well physical problems for us. So just you know to be where you are right now, that's an ideal place in the midst of a quote 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 crisis. You know, it's ideal for us to start implementing you know self healing practices. You know, and the first thing that we can do, like you just said, is the acknowledgement that, you know, we had a routine or we had issues or problems that was causing us to be sick or to be this ease. And the fact that now that we have this opportunity to even acknowledge there was a problem, we can begin that healing process. So for you, I mean, what is the number one thing that was like sticking out there for you that, you know what, I need self-healing in this area. After you contemplated on your life and the routine and everything that's happening right now, and you acknowledge that, you know, things are different and you can begin to heal. What was the first thing that stuck out to you that, hey, I need to, you know, deal with that particular aspect of myself to start this healing process? Okay, so first of all, I, I feel like it was for me, it was a mental, uh, um, let's see how we say, a mental restart or reboot. Because I felt like at that point, before this, like I said, I was in robot mode. I was like a walking zombie, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if, if that's the best way I can describe it. Um, so let's see. So mentally, I had to, like, okay. Um, I guess prepare myself because, you know, for me, I had to cut off the TV, like, did, like, how you say, separate myself from the regular norms of what everybody else was going through. Because even, like, family members, I have a sister that, like, freaks out about everything. I'm like, no, it's not even that serious. Like, I feel like whatever you focus on, it it grows, it gets bigger. Mm-hmm. So what I had to do was do a mental shift and change my focus. I'm like, this is not what this is. is. This is, I had to visualize and create what I wanted to create it to be. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want it to be a crisis. I didn't want it to be chaotic. I didn't want it to be 
you know, uh, stressful mm-hmm. um, because that's what it was at first. And I'm like, nah, it, this cannot go, continue to go on like this. So yeah, so for me, first of all, it had to be a mental recheck, rebalance, um, and then went to the emotional. I had to release some emotions because I was holding a lot inside, mm-hmm. and I didn't really realize that because the hustle and bustle—you don't really have time to sit there and, um, I guess, know what's going on with you in uh, in your body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And emotionally, what you're holding on to, because you didn't, I didn't really have time. I was too tired to even sit there and just meditate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then third was the physical. Um, I had an injury um, that I had to get repaired. And we, <laughs> when you hold on to emotions and feelings, we know that yeah, it, it slows down the healing process. Mm-hmm. Back to our self-healing. Um, So, yeah, I actually ended up having surgery for that injury, but I kind of know why I didn't heal as as well as it did because I was holding on to a lot of emotions and um, that area was affected by those emotions that I was holding on to. So Mm -hmm. a lot of things I had to let go and, like I said, revisualize and uh, paint a better picture for myself. Okay, I mean, that is definitely important. I'm going to just revisit something that you said. You said about the mental, that, you know, healing is all mental, and that in order for you to heal yourself, you had to literally detach or disconnect from the outside in terms of the television, other media sources, because, you know, those outlets were constantly pushing you know that negative uh, narrative and uh, even though we understand that this is the state of the world now that you know we do have a a, a disease you know so to speak going around you know the coronavirus but the way that the media was focused on it is to the point of making people hysteria hysterical in the sense that you know I mean they weren't focusing on how to heal and how to overcome it and how to get better you know there's a lot of natural remedies there's a lot of emotional things that can help us de-stress because as we all know when your mind is all messed up it's going to damage your immune system it's going to affect every part of your body so I think it was very important that the first thing that you did was shut down you know that that we call it you know the the television programs because actually they're programming us to think a certain way you know so to me I I really commend you for doing that because that's what keeps that propaganda going because I'm not saying that we don't have a pandemic going around because obviously we do but the way that they're presenting it you know it's increasing mass hysteria and instead of helping people self-heal it's really making people sicker so I definitely, you know, um, like the point that you had to start with the mental aspect first, because whatever happens in your mind, obviously, is going to affect your body. All right. So that's yes. very good. So uh, you also mentioned something else as far as, you know, you had other issues in terms of medically that you had to deal with. So, you know, amongst uh, one thing, you know, we have so many other things that we have to deal with physically, emotionally and mentally. So uh, it's definitely... Uh, overwhelming at times for us to deal with everything at one time. 
All right. So on a mental level, did you have any type of uh, support systems that you were able to turn to to help you deal with the mental that you were going through at the time? Yeah, I did. I think I'm thankful for, I guess, the, the blessed souls that I have came across um, during this lifetime um, where I can actually open up and be vulnerable and express you know, different things with different ones, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> with different, different one of the, the beings that I've encountered with. But yeah, I, I had a, I, I can, I can actually say I have a strong support system. Um, it's a small system, but it is a strong support system. And I'm very thankful of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's so important. That is, you know, a lot of people are going through a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, and unfortunately, they're doing it alone, okay? They don't have a family network system. They don't have a, you know, a, a uh, extended support system, whether it be neighbors, because now, of the, because of the social distancing, because of, you know, the panic that everybody has to stay away from each other. You know, if they already didn't have a network, it's very difficult for them to, at this point, all of a sudden start creating a network. So and now a lot of people, their religious uh, uh, part was very important to them because they had somewhere to go. They had a temple, a mosque, a church to go to for them to be able to get the support. And because of this pandemic, again, they're cut off from that. So it's very difficult for them to reach out to anyone new. So all they have available to them may be the telephone that they can use or Skype or any type of uh, any other social media outlet, they'll be able to connect. But uh, having an emotional support system is so necessary because it can help us through whatever it is that we're going through. And you know, the encouragement, the support, you know, the emotional intimacy, And even, you know, uh, to the point of the spiritual connection, because, you know, a lot of times we have a spiritual connection as well as emotional, mental and physical connection to the people that we care about. So if these people are available to us to talk to us, you know, to help us through these difficult times, it definitely promotes, you know, the self-healing, whatever it is that we're doing to self-heal, you know, it adds, it enhances it. But if you don't have a, a, a solid, you know, emotional support system, it's very difficult. And you said that it's small, but it's okay as long as you have it. Because some yeah. people don't even have that, you know. So um, within that emotional support system, I'm sure you have family members, friends, lovers, and other people involved. I mean, how are they coping and how are they practicing self-healing? I feel like we're all in it together. So we've all like helped each other. Like where, okay, this might be a strength over here with someone holding this strength, someone over here holding this weakness. We all like bounce off of these energies and recharge each other when, you know, when it was needed. That's absolutely important. That's because, you know, I mean, during this, this difficult times, everybody is not going to be strong all at the same time. And everybody, you know, you have different needs and not one person is going to be able to provide all your needs. 
So that's why if you have different people and they are all at different places and, and you know, they have different strengths and they're bringing different things to the table that enhances everybody. So definitely that's a blessing. That's a blessing. As long as, mm-hmm, as long as you have a support system, that's very important. Now, um, have you explored any type of spiritual practices to help you through this uh, difficult time in terms of, you know, uh, promoting or enhancing uh, uh, your self-healing? Because right now, a lot of people are turning to different types of spiritual practices, emotional practices as well that can sustain, you know, the, 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 the healing process for them. Um, for me, I've, I don't know if I would call it, I guess I would call it spiritual. Um, but it's more of, like you said, being present, being, looking within and starting with myself first, because like, I feel like for me, if I'm not balanced, I'm off balance. Or like, if my mood is off, my energy is off, I don't feel like I, I can contribute to anyone else. So I have two children. So I talk to them all the time. I tell them, like, I, I want to tell them. I want to teach them what I learned because I don't want, you know, I want to try to avoid the, the reoccurrence of the pattern. And I, I teach them just like, like now, like, I know a lot of people say, well, don't you think they're too young? Like, no, I feel like they're mature enough to know about the topic or the subject. Then mm-hmm. they should know about it. I mean, they're human. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, and then going back to what we said before, what we mentioned uh, about the support system, even like I felt like people, people re- recon some, not all, um, a lot of people have reached out to me from the past because it's like a time of reconnecting as well, exactly, and that reconnection also like for me it energizes me because it's like okay old old time friend okay hey um, it's good to hear your voice it's good to hear that you're good and then we reminisce on the past and it's just it's just a nice conversation to have as well you know definitely (laughs) definitely it is a support and you know i mean just like you said just to reminisce about old times and to have closure too because uh, in the time of a crisis or a problem, I mean, sometimes people do think about their own mortality, you know, because it's like here today, gone tomorrow. And so people have a need to have closure sometime. And even if it's just to tell someone, I care about you or ask for forgiveness for something that happened 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and it becomes, you know, a, a very necessary step to take to reconnect because one day you may actually try to pick up that phone and call that person and they may not be here anymore. And I think all of us are more consciously aware of that during a time of uh, illness or sickness and the uncertainty of the future, you know, dealing with the unknown, not knowing what's going to happen. I think, you know, as part of that self-healing that we're talking about tonight, you know, to, to have a peace of mind, you know, to be at peace to have closure with someone, you know, someone that maybe have uh, betrayed you or hurt you in the past, or even just misunderstood you or even rejected you, whatever the scenario might've been, but just to make peace with that and to be able to reconnect with that person and smile and laugh and, and, and be happy for that moment. I think that's very healing within itself. So 
as part of that self-healing, we really got to clear out the mental and the emotional clutter, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? We have to just have a fresh start. You know, instead of having all those old baggages that we're carrying around and that's weighing us down, that's actually going to hinder or slow down that healing process by doing all that, letting go, you know, it's sort of like having a fresh start. But I want to go back and talk about your children, your children. You said that you actually talk to your children and as part of the self-healing for ourselves as adults, we have to model that for our children. And they're at this time, they're confused, you know, uh, they're scared, they're frustrated, they don't know exactly, you know, what's going on per se. So they look up to the parents, the mothers, the fathers, you know, the siblings, the, you know, older family members to be able to model that for them, how to handle the situation. So I think it's absolutely commendable for you to sit down and talk to your children about what's going on and helping them start the healing process. So what are the initiatives or the steps that you've taken with your children other than you being the primary example of how to, (laughs) (laughs) what are you doing to help them along that journey? Well, so the way I see it is, um, I know no, everybody's immune system is not the same, but I mean, I, I feel like nutrition plays a part. Um, so we actually get in the kitchen and we cook together. We eat together. And that's another thing I want to touch on. Um, we actually sit down without any electronics, no phone, no TV. We actually sit at the table and we eat together. And we interact together, communicate. And um, just recently, my daughter, she's learning uh, ASL, which is American Sign Language. We, we, we have uh, this thing called silent dinner, where we just sign while we're eating and we communicate that way. But it's, it's so much fun. We just sign and have gestures. But I feel like going, going I guess you could say this is old school, because <laughs> nowadays, the people that I see, they, they mainly sit in front of a TV or with their phone and they're eating or playing a game while they're eating. And it's like, okay, where where did the, the connection get lost? Mm-hmm. So here, even before this, this uh, meeting, <laughs> this podcast, we sat at the table and we're like, okay, we got to get it together. We're going to sit here and eat together. And we, we talk about like, you know, how do you feel? You know, mm-hmm. we, we have raw conversations. How do you feel about this? How does this make you feel? You know what I mean? And, uh, and how do your friends feel? Wow. Because like, I'm in a, I'm in a, I've been blessed to be in a safe neighborhood. So I know all the kids in the neighborhood and usually the kids are hanging out at my house during the COVID, Uh-oh. <laughs> you know? Um, and so I, I like that they can go out and run and be outside in the sunshine, in the fresh air, you know, don't have to worry about, you know, putting on their shoes or whatever. The simple little things is what really is priceless. It's, it's what's really what matters. And I feel like the kids that are that are surrounded by us, they don't really have that fear. So it's like their mindset has shifted from that fear base to, okay, if I do get sick, because I have been sick, but it's like, okay, that's what we have immune systems for. That's why you eat certain things. That's why you do certain things to keep your body healthy. Not everybody has that, I guess, that advantage because every, you know, everybody's health is different. Everybody's at different levels. But kids especially, um, 
they I feel like they shouldn't have that fear where they they worry like oh my god like I gotta put on some hand sanitizer because whatever you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) like no go out there and be be kids I mean it's yeah wash your hands when you come inside that's just normal um but I don't think it should be a big fear around it you know mm-hmm. what I mean mm-hmm. so I feel like that mind that mindset shift has played played a big role in um I guess maintaining a positive outlook with this uh quote-unquote crisis yes yes <laughs> and and also like getting out and interacting like we, we still get out we still interact not like so much as like into public places, but in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just simple things. Getting out there sun gazing, getting out there, getting on a bike, going for a walk in the fresh sun, in the fresh mm-hmm. air. It's mm-hmm. just nice. I, I even, for me, I have a habit of opening my windows and turning up the AC. These, these little simple things just has helped all of us and the people around us so much. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. <laughs> now I you you said so much. Uh, I don't even know <laughs> which which point to start. <laughs> you know, asking the questions. But uh, let's go back to you eating with your children. I mean, that is such an important practice because you're reconnecting with them. You're giving them the opportunity to be able to feel safe and secure and open up and be able to share that moment together as a family. And uh, in the middle of a crisis, the middle of of all this disturbance and all this madness that's going on, it is so important to self-healing to feel safe. You know, because like you said, it's so unsafe everywhere else. At least you can maintain a sense of safety in your home. And that within itself alleviates a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety for the children and because they feel, hey, at least we're safe here. You know, you give them the opportunity to talk, to be able to express their concerns, whether they heard something, you know, from another child in a neighborhood or whether they're, you know, listening to something on TV or social media. However it is that the message get to them, sometimes they do have a lot of questions. And the fact that the family is able to sit together and enjoy a meal and um, be emotionally affirming and supporting to one another, that is so essential to self-healing, you know, for the children as well as the adults, because now you're able to pretty much kind of gauge where your children are at. And, you know, and, and you're connected, you're engaged with them, so you're in a better position to be able to help them. That's very, very important. And another thing is that you're building positive habits positive habits that unfortunately have become obsolete because of the hustle and bustle of the society that we live in. Like you said, working nine to five, coming home, and sometimes not even having an opportunity to even sit down and have a meal because, you know, everybody is running around doing all kinds of stuff to prepare for the ending of the day or the new day that's coming approaching. So uh, that is definitely an important step to self-healing is to be able just to be still, you know, because if we're running around all the time and we're so busy hustling, bustling, it's very difficult for us to be able to calm ourselves down and be able to reflect on the things that we need to promote the self-healing that we need. And another thing that you talk about was just being outdoors. And being outdoors is very essential to the healing process. Like you said, sun gazing, being exposed to the sun. 
And a lot of people, they really don't know the power of the sun. And because of this quote, quote, pandemic that we're experiencing right now, uh, to a certain part of the year, the last year, of course, you know, the quarantine, a lot of people were advised to stay indoors. So they really didn't get the benefit of sun gazing, which is very helpful to boosting the immune system. So I just wanted you to just kind of talk about that a little bit, you know, as far as you, I mean, is this something that you routinely do because you know the benefit of it being a immune system booster and it really helps with the self-healing or is something that you just learned because of what we're going through right now? Um, this is, I've, I've had already known it, but um, yeah, I've, I've had the opportunity to actually expand on my studies. So I've been reading a lot on different, uh, different natural ways of just healing. Our body is, is very powerful. Um, and we, a lot of people have disconnected from that. So um, I've read a lot of studies on reconnecting with my body in order to expedite the healing process, especially after the surgery that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, right, I, like, I like what you stated about being still. Because when I got sick and when I had the surgery, I had to be still. And there was a lot of times I was alone. And I'm okay with being alone. A lot of people are not, but I'm one of the type of, I'm a type of person that when I'm alone, I sit there and I reflect. Like I'm a, like I I do like super analysis. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, but it, it, it gives me a chance to go deeper, to dive deeper into whatever I need. Like if it's my kids, if it's nutrition, if it's, you know, self healing, um, letting go I, I let go of a lot because mm-hmm. I, I noticed that that was one of the things that was slowing my healing process down um and I guess you could say like right now the thing that I have for right now is my appreciation and my gratitude for life itself uh for the people that I encounter during this journey is I have a greater deeper appreciation for it and I, I I make it my business to tell everyone that I come in contact with that I appreciate them because at this time I feel like a lot of people a lot like you have divorce rates that are high you have like it's just domestic violence is high. like all the negative is high right now mm-hmm. so I feel like where I can put more positive in and where I can spread that positive energy and those vibes I'm, I'm there. I'm going to do it the best way I can. <laughs> Absolutely. Now you said, uh, letting go and holding on to certain things definitely impedes, you know, it, it slows down the healing process. So just give us some examples of whether you don't have to get too personal. You know, you could be as general <laughs> as you can and, uh, just Give us an example of some of the things that stops or slows down or prevents the healing process because we do hold on to a lot in this society because people, like we said a little earlier, they may not have the support system for to have a friend or someone they could sit down and talk to, someone to reason with, someone to kind of like bounce off, you know, their ideas or their feelings. So what are some of the things that you feel like you are holding on to that really would stop or slow down your healing process? Well, for me personally, um, 
mine started from when my my parents got a divorce and then that carried over into my personal adult relationships and um it's it's like at it got to a point where I was like this person had to prove themselves to me in order for me to stay you know what I mean it's like okay you do one thing okay I'm out and then it, it, it came to a point where um I guess when my parents got a divorce that I I kind of made a contract quote-unquote contract um this is like years ago years ago I've grown and matured so much since then but I made a contract with this person and um which is my kid's father um mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like I I made a promise and a contract to myself that I was gonna make this work no matter what mm-hmm. and that I guess led me to stay in the situation longer than I should have well I can't say that because everything is an experience and I've, I learned a lot of lessons through that and I have forgiven and I have let it go but at this time I feel like where I had the injury it was connected to my root chakra and so that that injury was not healing as it should because I was still holding on to that uh, I guess that said a manifestation mm-hmm. from that relationship okay yeah so when I once I had the surgery and I actually had this conversation with their father and we actually we actually sat down and we talked about it and we actually got to a place where it was like okay I could I can move on now you know what I mean I'm not attached to this anymore um we know where we both stand. We both, you know, I heard to, I heard his side, he heard my side, and we came to an agreement. You know what I mean? And we both apologized, and we both talked about what we learned, and it was just, it was just, it was, it was lovely. I love it. <laughs> it was so much. It was so healing to have. It was like necessary to have that conversation. And ironically, he called me the next day after I had the dream about him that night. Wow. <laughs> And I was like, you know what? This is perfect timing. And I just like went to tears and I'm like, and as we know, tears is, is a form of purging as well. As well. We went mm-hmm. to, into tears and it was just perfect timing, divine timing. But yeah. And and I've learned to let go. And I guess you could say, I, I take it as a lesson. You know what I mean? I, I don't take anything, like I don't have any regrets. And I take everything as a lesson. It teaches me. It helps me grow. And it helps me move on to my next my next level in this journey. So, yeah, I love it. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Now, one of the things that you said is the letting go. Letting go of... Because sometimes people think um, letting go may be in a physical sense only like ending something physically or sometimes they think letting go is mental but letting go is also letting go of the emotions because even though these things have already happened you know these are past trauma or past pain but holding on to the emotions make you feel like these things are actually happening now you know 20 years ago you know that happened but the emotions are lingering and they've been lingering 
you know, for 20 years and they're causing the same havoc, you know, the same problem, the same pain, the same trauma that it initially caused. So in order for us to start the healing process or advance the healing process, it is so necessary to let go of those negative emotions. You know, sometimes it's, it's the guilt, sometimes it's the shame, it's the anger, it's the frustration, you know, all those things that hold us back, that stop us from opening up and, and uh, you know, relieving ourselves and being able to embrace the positive things that are awaiting us. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because a lot of people, even though it's their intention to self-heal, you know, they're doing all the necessary work, you know, they're eating right, they're sleeping right, they're exercising, they're taking, you know, herbs and medicines, and but yet they still cannot experience the full healing. And uh, like you just said, and one of the reasons that happens is because they are holding on to that emotional baggage. And it is so absolutely necessary to learn to let it go and be able to move forward, <laughs> being able to move forward. And, uh, and sometimes people hold on to it like, like it's a badge of honor. It's like, I earned these stripes, you know, not realizing that they're hurting themselves. You know, and, and they can't really maximize their full potential as far as the healing process until they learn to let these things go. So, it, you know, I'm, I'm so happy that you're able to do that. Mm-hmm. And when you let it go, it feels so, it feels so free. Exactly. And you feel so much lighter. Conversations flow so much better. And like, you don't like relive that pattern gone. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. clears throat> so that's one thing though about dis-ease. You know, we say disease and some people say dis-ease. So all disease are a dis-ease state. Okay. So you're not in a balanced state. You're not establishing equilibrium. You're not, you know, holistic. Okay. The mind, the body and soul, everything or something is off. So because of that, you know, we create a dis-ease state, a state where we're in distress. So emotionally is definitely one of the ways that we get thrown off. So um, let's just get into the physical now because we talk about the emotional, we talk about the mental. You know, the physical is very crucial because we sometimes tend to rely on medication from the doctor sometimes to kind of take care of our physical ailments. But we don't realize that we need to start doing the inner work. And the inner work is not just for the inner side, you know, for the inside of us in terms of mentally or emotionally. The inner work is also for our physical bodies. You know, we really don't don't really make the connection, you know, because our physical bodies depend upon our mental bodies and our emotional bodies and our spiritual bodies. So it's very important for us to start dealing with the physical body through the emotion and the mental in the in the spiritual body. You understand what, where I'm coming from with that? Absolutely. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think that uh, um, it's very essential that we, we, we deal with our bodies holistically. You know, like I just said, we have a mental body, we have a mental body, we have a physical body, we have an emotional body, and we also have a spiritual body. And we have to take all these components of ourselves into consideration when we are seeking self-healing. Because it's like uh, the winker, the weak, the weak link, 
you know, I'm the weaker link. That So if we neglect one part of ourselves and focus entirely on one aspect, then we still won't be able to achieve that, that healing that we need or what we want. Okay. So what advice would you give someone who is, you know, just embarking a self-healing journey? They just say, you know what? I am tired of living in pain physically or pain emotionally, pain mentally. I'm tired of being off balance. I'm tired of not having the energy, not having the happiness, the joy. You know, I just want to do better and I want to feel better. I want to to live life on my own terms. What advice would you give someone who's trying to do that since you have successfully done that? Oh, let's see. I mean, first they have to truly, truly want it. I mean, they have to really commit to it. Because, I mean, if you have... People may say that they want that, but then they're not willing to change their mindset. When you change your mindset, you change your language with that. You can't keep saying, oh, you know, I want this, I'm tired or whatever. Change your language. And change that language followed by action. (laughs) You know? Um... But uh, if they, they're truly willing to do that, I feel like you should start with yourself. Look within. Um, provide yourself with love. Self-love starts within. I don't feel like you can extend your love or your, your, your energy to anyone else if you haven't started within. Like we always look out for, you know, to other people to, or other things to, to sources to, to, I guess, um, heal us. But we should start within. And that's like the best advice I said, I guess I could give. Because once you start within, you will, you will be able to become aware of some of these things that, um, I guess are leading you to think and feel that way because I mean you know the feeling and emotions um, manifest but like I said once you change your language you change your mindset you change the you change the way you think that will change the way you feel and that will also change um, I guess the emotions behind <clears throat> that because it all it all ties in together mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I mean absolutely again you said so many things here let's go back to the self-love I mean that is definitely a big one right because that self-love sets the foundation for everything else okay because like you said if you say it but yet you're thinking self-hatred okay you're doing things that show that you're not interested in your well-being or you're putting yourself in an environment that's negative, or you have developed certain habits, you know, that are negative, and you're around certain people that are toxic. <laughs> so all vampires. those... Vampires. Say it again. Vampires. Vampires, yes. Your... <laughs> we got psychic vampires. They just want to suck your energy. And so, I mean, all those things are not going to be conducive to your healing. So once you have that self-love that you just mentioned, which is so important, then, you know, you can start laying the foundation that will be conducive to your healing. Because 
if you care about your own well-being, like you said, your language will reflect that. You know, your attitude will reflect that. Your environment will reflect that. Everything in your life, your whole reality will start reflecting that. But that self-love is definitely a challenge for a lot of people because a lot of people have been exposed to childhood trauma, childhood uh, abuse, neglect, abandonment, domestic violence. And when they enter into their adulthood, some of those things, you know, transfer over, whether it's the same people abusing them from a family um, or they enter a new relationship, continuing that same negative abusive pattern. So that self-love is very crucial to self-healing. And without that self-love, you know, it's kind of difficult to roll out that self-healing process. And even if we do start it, you know, we're not able to actually complete it because that self-hatred or that self-doubt or that low self-esteem is going to sort of like halt us at some point in that process. We're not gonna be able to go all the way with the healing. So um, getting on that self-love page is so, so important. So for yourself, how does that demonstrate for you when you say you have to have that self-love? How are you manifesting that self-love? Um, well, before I talk about myself, I would like to give the advice like for the people who, who want that to first visualize it. Visualize it. I mean, if you, you never had it, imagine how you would want it to be. And then I will, I guess, give the advice to say it, okay? I love you. I love you. I'm lovable. And hug yourself. Kiss yourself. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even when you do that, you can feel like, for me, I, I'm sensitive. So I feel like tingling. I feel it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so for myself, um, that self-love is all of the above. I'm, I'm making sure I take the time for myself. Um, to reflect on and I'm dreaming dreaming much better these days because I'm sleeping much better these days mm-hmm. um, so I take that time to you know uh, nurture my physical I take the time to um, be around my loved ones the ones that I do love the ones that I do cherish I take the time out not only for myself but for others to extend out that energy to you know to help others as well that's a a big aspect for myself too I love to give off that positive those positive vibes like um like like I said we bounce off these energies and where I may be weak or you may be strong we can balance each other out so especially especially like when I'm around the kids I love it the the kids in the the neighborhood um I'm out there playing with them Mm -hmm. the neighbors thinking oh we thought you was one of the kids. That's because I'm out there running around and I'm energizing too. Exactly, <laughs> you know? exactly. It's like I'm, I'm like the big kid, and I'm getting back to, I guess, what they call it, your childhood. Yes, <laughs> you know? definitely. My inner child. Your I'm inner child. My inner child. Absolutely. I can be out here flipping in the grass and just laying in the grass, going out looking at the stars at night for a walk. It's these simple little things that we can do just to get back in touch and in tune with ourselves. That is beautiful. I mean, those are the things that, you know, you do to love yourself, you know, and it is so important. And another thing that we want to add to that is allowing 
other people to love you as well. Because, you know, again, these people come into our lives sometimes to be our mirror. You know, like you just said, to show us the lovable aspect of ourselves. And when we are being so hard on ourselves, like, oh, I'm so this, I'm so that. Or when other negative people try to come in and, you know, verbally abuse us or slander us and put us down and try to make us feel bad, emotionally abuse us. It's important that the people who do love us, you know, they remind us, you know, of the love that we have inside and of how worthy we are of love. And by us internalizing other people's love that care about us, that's able to jumpstart us for our the love for ourselves. And once we, you know, get to that place of self-love, then we're able to extend it to others and share it. You know, love is a contagious stuff. It's just, you know, when you're in love with yourself and, you know, it makes you easier to love other people. All right. So once you're at that place of self-love, everything that's positive can definitely be attracted to you and you could be attracted to also the positive. I want to touch up on something that you said about the sleep, that you're sleeping better. Now, that's a very crucial part of healing. And a lot of people overlook that because, you know, they don't know the importance of healing. Some people say, well, you know, and let's look at it this way. A lot of times when people are feeling bad, when they don't have the self-love, they go into a depression. And sometimes, you know, for some people, when they're depressed, they can't sleep. Now you have the opposite. Some people, when they're depressed, they sleep too much, (laughs) you know, but we're talking about specifically the people who, because of the depression, because of the overthinking, because they're so stressed out, because they're afraid, because they're in self-doubt, you know, they have sleeping problems. And if you don't get the proper sleep for your body, then, you know, the healing process won't take place as well. So it's very important if people have these issues to address them because that's going to interfere with the quality of sleep that they're getting, you know? And then you said something else too, that you're dreaming nowadays. You said that, right? You're dreaming. Right. All right. And that's the indication, you know, that if you weren't doing that before, because I noticed the big smile on your face, you say, yes, I'm dreaming. So obviously the dreams must be good. It must be positive because, you know, I'm like seeing a big smile on your face. So it's very important that we, you know, take care of our needs and be able to get the proper sleep. And the quality of sleep is very important because it, even the environment that we're sleeping in, okay, because uh, that's something that's very important that you said earlier to shut off the TV, to shut off the TV, uh, sometimes turn off the radio. Some people like to sleep with music on and it's okay if it's calming, it's relaxing, it's mellow. But if you have, you know, music blasting and it's talking about kill this person and we're going to stomp this person's head off and, you know, we're going to commit this violent crime. I mean, obviously it's going to disturb your sleep and it's going to even infringe in your dreams. It's going to impact your dreams and you may not have pleasant dreams like you're having. You may have nightmares. And if you're having nightmares and you're having difficulty sleeping, then obviously when you wake up, you're going to feel not rested. You're going to feel tired. And if you're tired and you're not properly resting, you're not properly sleeping, that will definitely have an effect on your self-healing process. So for you, have you uh, in the past, you know, have had any sleeping issues that affected your sleeping problems? Um, not really. Mm-hmm. I've, I've always been a person that 
I can sleep pretty fairly well. I haven't really always dreamed. Well, I dream, but I don't really remember the dreams all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I guess now, I guess I'm getting more in tune with, uh, with my dreams. A lot of the times I still, you know, can't really dif- dif- differentiate if they're they're real or not because mm-hmm. they all feel real to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, my aunt, she's I call her my psychic aunt because mm-hmm. she can uh, she can channel into to talk to you know the people that have passed over. Um, and she she has her own business. Um, I guess you can say uh, looking after kids with ADHD on all spectrums. And so the, they have these um, guardians that watch over them and she can channel the information over to the family, which is awesome. Yes, but, it uh, is. But getting back to the dream, she, we actually, <laughs> which, was, which was amazing. Um, it's kind of like we were in the same dream. Mm-hmm. And I remember the dream and I just forgot to call her, but I had wrote it down in my little dream book. And she called me like two days after, and she was like, "Oh, I had this dream of of you, and you was here, and then and I was like, "I had the same exact dream." I wow. said, so we met each other in the dream, and it was so freaking amazing. That is. And I was amazing. like, I never had that experience before, but it was, yeah, it was amazing. That's she described awesome. everything, and I'm like, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> but it was just, wow. It was just amazing because the people that were there in her dream were there in my dream. And it's like, we were there together. Wow. You know what I mean? Because it was the same dream. That's I don't, amazing. I don't know too much about that. I'm mm-hmm. still exploring that side. But that, that was an amazing feeling. That <laughs> is amazing. But since you're mentioning, mentioning <laughs> dreams, uh, do you know that people can actually learn how to heal themselves through dreams? Because like before they go to sleep, they meditate, they relax, they clear all their minds. And then they ask the body to tell them how to heal it. You know, he says, body, I'm asking you, what is it that I need to do to facilitate the healing for us? And they will have dreams of what it is that they need to do, whether it's physically do, emotionally do, or mentally do. And, you know, I mean, people can have those dreams if they tap into it, if they're open to it and they call for that, you know, they, requ- they request that, You know, those are the things that can happen. And another thing, last thing, because we're going to get ready to wrap up because we have a few more minutes. But just on the dream note, too. I mean, again, like we said, a lot of things that can interfere with the self-healing. And as we mentioned a little earlier, the emotional and mental problems that we carry around or we don't get a chance to resolve completely. They linger on and sometimes they could create Uh, residues that that still impact us emotionally mentally and spiritually and the dreams are very important because sometimes people have repeated dreams and those dreams are actually trying to tell them something okay on a conscious level they don't want to deal with the issue they don't want to deal with it it's like listen you know that happened 20 years ago it's it's painful to me right now so consciously I don't want to deal with it so when you go to sleep subconsciously those things get played out so for some people, if they keep having the same dreams over and over and over, it's very important for them to try to interpret those dreams to find out exactly what the subconscious mind is trying to tell them. And by the fact that they're getting that message and they're addressing it, they resolve it, that can help them with the healing process because they're actually 
dealing with something that was at some point causing them pain and that's still subconsciously creating a problem for them. So we're going to wrap everything up. And do you have any last minute thing that you would um, give us in terms of the healing process? Because, you know, again, I really admire you and respect, you know, the journey that you've gone through. And, you know, the time that I've seen you before and I'm seeing you now, I, I see a notable difference. I see, you know, you're healthier, you're happier, you know, you're smiling. Not that you didn't smile before, but there's another energy behind that smile. You know, I sense a peace of mind. I, I sense confidence. I sense strength, you know, and I see that, you know, you, 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 you are in a solid place. Your foundation is very strong. And in the midst of this quote, quote, crisis and quote, quote, pandemic, whatever it is going on, something is happening. But for you to be able to still maintain your peace of mind, your joy, you know, and your stability and your security, and you're also taking care of two children. I mean, that is admirable that you're doing all that. So you were the perfect person to talk about self-healing because you are the perfect person is actually practicing it. So is there a last minute thing that you would like to share before we close this up? There's so much to be said, right? I mean, you could just wrap it up. Like, like just give me like a minute. I would just like to say I appreciate each and every one of you. Um, wherever you are on this journey, love starts with self. And then after that, you can extend it to to others. But I appreciate you. I love you. And I guess give myself, give yourself a hug for me and a kiss for me for yourself. (laughs) And um, yeah, I wish, I wish the best for each and every one of you. Thank you so much, Ashley. I so dearly appreciate your presence, your contribution, your wisdom, your love. I definitely appreciate that, especially that self-love. That self-love is so essential to the healing process. Again, thank you so much for joining us at Ujima Spirit Podcast.